0: Alabama has their new offensive coordinator, their third one in the past eight weeks. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On SEC. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. We're going to start with the biggest storyline coming out from yesterday. And, man, we've talked a lot of Alabama These last couple weeks, but we head over to Tuscaloosa as the big news out that uh, Kalen DeBoer closing in on his new offensive coordinator, second offensive coordinator of this offseason, according to Matt Zenitz of 24-7 Sports. He reported yesterday there is a current plan for the Crimson Tide to promote 35-year-old tight ends coach Nick Sheridan to the role of O.C., Nick Sheridan has worked with Kalen DeBoer at a number of different stops, but most recently coming over from Washington. Uh, but during the 2019 season, uh, Nick Sheridan served as the tight ends coach at Indiana when Kalen DeBoer was the offense coordinator there. And when Kalen DeBoer left to go to Fresno State, Sheridan stepped in as offensive coordinator for those next two years at Indiana before eventually joining Kalen DeBoer at Washington to go coach his tight ends. Now, those two years when Sheridan was the OC for Indiana, they weren't uh, the greatest years offensively. Indiana finished 59th and 123rd in points per game during those two seasons. Now, some people say that's, you know, Sheridan on on his own here at Alabama. He will hold the title of OC, but it'll still very much be Kalen DeBoer uh, his offense, Kalen DeBoer calling the plays and all that kind of stuff, and Sheridan will kind of just hold the role of role of OC but kind of just more help on the game plan and all that kind of stuff. So very interesting to see how this dynamic will work out. But more on Nick Sheridan, uh, he does have experience as passing game coordinator uh, and quarterbacks coach for South Florida and Western Kentucky and does have SEC experience having worked as a Tennessee grad assistant. From 2014 through 2016, but under Nick Sheridan, uh, these last couple years at Washington, they did use the the tight ends a lot. They were very productive. Uh, Jack Westover was their their primary tight end. He combined for 77 catches for almost 800 yards and five touchdowns over the last two years. So, uh, look, Alabama, they, when they've been very good, and the offense has been very good. They use the tight ends a lot. So, let's see what effect Nick Sheridan can have. Greg McElroy, uh, if you remember a couple days ago, he was on his podcast talking about, you know, the reaction to Ryan Grubb's departure, Brian Grubb leaving for the Seattle Seahawks. And McElroy did say that the offense is likely going to be in good hands. Uh, wouldn't come out and say who it was going to be, but he did mention Nick Sheridan's name. And obviously having familiarity with DeBoer and the offense, um, uh, You know, like we said, DeBoer is going to be very heavily involved still with the offense, regardless of what role Ryan Sheridan is filling as the O.C. But McElroy said this a couple days ago. He said, well, talking to a lot of folks that follow Alabama, that support Alabama, uh, Ryan Grubb leaving felt like a devastating blow. And I will admit, I thought Ryan Grubb would have been a great candidate to succeed Kalen DeBoer, even at Washington, you know, become the head coach there. But when he was not given the job at Washington, he said, I thought Alabama was playing with house money. Getting Ryan Grubb, are you kidding me? That's who Nick Saban tried to get a year ago before he settled on Tommy Reese as the OC. So, you know, Ryan Grubb was very highly thought of, and um, you know a lot of people wanted him. And thus, the C- Seattle Seahawks are able to get him. But McElroy went on to say some of the internal candidates very well could be viable, and he mentioned Nick Sheridan he said was the OC at Indiana when Kalen DeBoer left Indiana for Fresno State. So Nick Sheridan has been with DeBoer for years and has called plays with success at the power five level. Uh, He went on to say, we knew uh, when we hired, um, or this was uh, Greg Byrne, remember uh, was asked at the basketball game a couple weeks ago. He said, you know, we knew when we hired Kalen DeBoer, that there was a chance that coach Grubb may end up being either the head coach at Washington or was on the radar screen the seattle seahawks and he said coach Debore had a plan for that and that is being worked on as we speak so it looks like this was the plan the backup plan if they were to lose ryan Grubb, you were going to go with nick sheridan and again caitlin DeBoer will still be running the offense and all that kind of stuff now there was a report i saw yesterday that said uh jamarcus shepherd another assistant on the staff would be named co oc along with sheridan but I haven't th- seen anything else on that. I, I guess that would maybe just be a move. Again, you're giving these guys a the title, but it's still Kalen DeBoer kind of putting together the offensive game plan, calling plays and all that. So we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, Alabama has not yet, as of this recording, announced any of Kalen DeBoer's assistant coaching hires. Remember, Scott Huff was the big one who was expected to be Alabama's offensive line coach, having you know coached the Joe Moore award-winning line a year ago. At Washington, but uh, he will follow Ryan Grubb over to the Seattle Seahawks. So, Kalen DeBoer, obviously, <laughs> it's been a tumultuous uh, off-season for him, having to say goodbye to a really good Washington team. But obviously, you know, you want to chase a dream and get a dream job. Like an Alabama falls into your lap, you got to go chase it, and you got to go take your chances. Uh, Alabama broadcaster Chris Stewart, uh, he was speaking this week on. Uh, the disrupt media podcast network, and you know, he said, "Look, I get some people maybe freaking out about you know Alabama hire was going to hire Ryan Grubb and as OC, and then he leaves." But he said, "Look, you don't know if it that it's a problem or not until it becomes one." He said, and "At the moment, it ain't a problem. We haven't had a practice yet. This move hasn't impacted recruiting to my knowledge yet. So, uh, and even if it does." doesn't mean it can't be overcome. Uh, Stewart talked about when Nick Saban left Michigan State for LSU. He sent a plane back to pick up his assistants, but none of them got on the plane and came to LSU. They all stayed on the new Michigan State staff. He said four years later, Saban wins the national championship. In that same time frame, uh, Bobby Williams and his staff were released. He said there's enough to sweat when it's truly a problem, but don't sweat stuff. Until it becomes one, it, it, it's an interesting perspective. And if you're an Alabama fan, you want to keep some positive perspective here and say, "Look, we think Ryan Grubb would have been good, but who's to say, you know, Nick Sheridan can't be good as well, and Kalen DeBoer can't have a successful offense with him calling the place. We'll see. Uh, I, that's what I've kind of said this whole time when it comes to Kalen DeBoer. I'm I'm in wait and see mode, not ready to call it a home run hire, but not ready to call it a bust." Let's see how how it looks when we start SEC play this year. Uh, Other Alabama news, they will reportedly be looking to replace another key uh, staffer and an off-the-field staffer. This is from Matt Zenitz of 24-7 Sports. Paul Constantine is going to reportedly take a position with the Atlanta Falcons. He has worked with Alabama the last four seasons, has been a strength assistant since 2012, getting a start at Baylor had stops at uh, Indiana, Houston Baptist, joined the Alabama staff four years ago, and uh, began as an assistant athletic performance coach back in March of 2020. Two years later, he's promoted to director of applied science, and that's what he's been doing these last couple of seasons. But Kalen DeBoer will have to fill that role. Again, Paul Constantine going to leave for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Alabama did set their 8A spring game which will conclude their uh, 15 spring practices. That'll be April 13th, Bryant-Denny Stadium. So just under, just a hair under two months away. Now, one more note here on the uh, fallout of this, because, man, there's been so much domino effect when it comes to coaching hires, assistant coaching hires and all this. Uh, there was a report a couple days ago that uh, offense coordinator Kirby Moore over Missouri Uh, his name was thrown around as a possibility at Alabama once it looked like Ryan Grubb was going to be leaving for the NFL. So Eli Drinkwitz gets to retain Kirby Moore there and kind of avoids a catastrophe where he, you know, there was a scenario where he could have lost both coordinators this offseason. Remember his defense coordinator Blake Baker left for LSU last month, but Drink gets to keep Kirby Moore with the continued development of quarterback Brady Cook. So that should be good for all parties involved. So uh, Kirby Moore, like we said, looking like he is going to stay put at Missouri. So good news there for Mizzou fans. All right. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we've got uh, a ton more we got to get into, including some news when it comes to the college football playoff. They are making bank. We'll talk about that here coming up in just a second. So first, I want to remind you guys this episode presented to you by the Game Time app. Look, Game Time is the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets to all your favorite sporting events. And right now, all users get a hundred bucks off when they buy. It. Well, that was for the big game ticket this past weekend, but for all of our uh great specials over there, Game Time. You can use our code locked on for twenty dollars off. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They got killer last-minute deals, all in prices. Views from your seat, that's my favorite one. Their best price guarantee game time, they're gonna take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Uh, you can see the view from your seat before you buy, you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. Arrive, you know what the view is gonna look like, and uh they're all in prices, it's gonna show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. I like that option because there's no added fees, there's nothing, it's just hey, this is the price. Boom! You know you're gonna that's what you're gonna pay, and you can buy tickets in seconds. It just takes two taps. On your screen on the Game Time app, and you are ready to go. They've got deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats, uh, basketball, football, whatever it is you're looking for. Go check them out. And with that Game Time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. Uh, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time's going to credit you 110 percent of the difference. Go take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all game time users, again, going to get that $20 off your first purchase with the code LOCKED ON. Go download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, continue on here on Locked On SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Uh, keep checking us out. We got tons of content going on all week long. All right, I want to dive back into it here as we continue to talk all things. Uh, SEC, but we got to jump into a little bit of the conversation when it comes to the college football playoff, because uh, Greg Sankey and company, man, they have got their hand in a lot of business, and um, it's a good thing. The college football playoff, let's start here. College football playoff officials and ESPN announced they have agreed to a six-year extension for $7.8 billion that will keep the CFP with ESPN and the 12-team tournament throughout the 2031-2032 season. So, look, Vic Saban and the crew over at uh, the game day crew, uh, Saban and, you know, he keeps that deal live with ESPN for years to come. Uh, ESPN, they have got a, a great product on their hands. The Athletic reported the deal. Uh, they noted it's contingent on the CFP leaders finalizing details of the expanded format. We'll get to that in just a second, but it is an increase from the current deal which has two years remaining and has an average payment of $608 million per year. That includes the CFP semifinals and championship plus the other four new year, six bowl games. This six year extension will cost $1.3 billion per year. That's a billion with a B. That's the price ESPN uh, previously reported. The network was discussing a new year with a new deal with the CFP. So a uh, six year extension extension. $7.8 billion. uh By the way, the quarterfinals will be played at current New Year's Six Bowls, which ESPN already owns. And throughout the contract, kind of an interesting nugget here ESPN could sub license games. So another network or digital player could air playoff games, but it would be a, a Disney owned ESPN's discretion, according to Athletic. The only th- scenario I can think here is. Maybe ESPN, like, they run into a scenario where they have a, an NFL game or playoff game. I, I don't know. Like, I need to look at the timeline here. But, like, maybe there's an NFL game or an NBA game or something that they would rather air that night. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know the scenario where they would say, hey, Fox, pay us X amount. We'll give you this one playoff game while we carry all the rest. Just kind of an interesting uh, caveat to keep there in the contract. But uh, this deal basically gives the control over all of division one college sports championships outside of the men's basketball tournament, which of course is, you know, it's televised on CBS, TNT, true TV, TBS, but um yeah, ESPN, man, they are the home of the playoff and it's not going anywhere anytime soon, but that money, I mean, you, you talk about $7.8 billion, over a billion dollars a year for the new playoff format granted we're, expanding so it's gonna be more games but i've seen a lot of folks saying and the ncaa is fighting over a couple of kids getting some bucks from nil like let's be real it is a billion dollar business now and uh to deny the athletes at least a little bitty piece of the pie a little bitty piece of the share i think you're gonna have a lot of folks not siding with uh the big dogs that the ncaa and that the higher powers, they're going to look at and say, give these kids a little piece of the, a little chunk of change. Silly. All right, back over to Greg Sankey. Uh, the meeting with the College Football Playoff Management Committee last week, the SEC and the Big Ten, uh, of course, working together a little bit. They opened dialogue about changing the revenue distribution model and the voting structure of the College Football Playoff. This is from Ross Gallagher over at Yahoo Sports. He said the power leagues met in Washington, D.C., late January to talk about expanding the NCAA men's basketball tournament to better reflect the value and contribution that the top leagues in college basketball provide to the tourney. A week later, officials from the SEC and big 10 used those same grounds to argue for shifting the revenue distribution model of the playoff. Now the SEC, since the college football playoff has been alive has accounted for nearly 40% of the college football playoff spots. We've had Alabama a ton. We've had Georgia a ton. We had LSU get in there. Um, But the SEC brought in only 17% of the revenue. So we had 40% of the teams that made the playoffs, but only got 17% of the revenue. Uh, Those figures were part of a presentation made during the meeting. So the current structure divides 80% of the CFP's annual revenue among the Power 5 leagues. Mike Oresco from the AAC said, the real question on the revenue is how much is going to be concentrated in a handful of conferences. He said it's 80-20 right now to the so-called Power Five, but there are only going to be four of them with the Pac-12 going away. He said, and so the question is, how much do the Power Five te- leagues get? How much do the other conferences get? And he went on to say the SEC and the Big Ten are probably going to want more, and it's understandable that's going to get worked out. So like Mike Oresco, who, you know, commissioned the AAC, kind of saying, look, we get it. The SEC and the Big Ten, they want a bigger chunk of the pie. And they probably should get a bigger chunk of the pie. They, they've owned all the majority of the power brands now in all of college sports. But uh, with the Pac-12 going away, the CFP Management Committee is working through how to adjust the expansion of the playoff from four teams to 12. And there was a lot of momentum, Dellinger said, to move from that 6-plus-6 six six format to a 5-plus-7 model that will guarantee automatic bids to the remaining power conference champions and one spot, not two, for the highest ranked group of five school. So I don't know. This is going to be fascinating to see how this uh, all works out. I just know this. The, the SEC is going to get more money. Um, <laughs> with seven at-large bids, uh, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to get majority of those spots. You know, the, the group of five, they'll get their top-ranked team. Like this last year, it would have been Liberty. They would have gotten in there. But we certainly will have multiple, multiple SEC and Big Ten teams make the playoff each year. In fact, uh, when the leagues officially introduce new members this summer, they will grow to a combined 34 members with some of the biggest brands in all sports. And Ross Delger says serious discussion has been had about expanding the playoff beyond 12 teams. Um, he said it hasn't been a topic of discussion inside the meetings, but big 10 commissioner, Tony Petiti has privately discussed the merits of even a 14 or 16 team playoff with other commissioners. So we'll see what ends up happening here uh, with the uh, the playoff and how they decide. But uh, Washington State President Kirk Schultz, he's been the Pac-12 representative, and he has reportedly delayed a decision to try and seek long-term assurances for the soon-to-be Pac-2. Yeah, that's right. We have a Pac-2 and. Look, sorry, you guys aren't getting in. It's just, uh it ain't going to happen. All right, thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Still more to come. We'll touch very quickly on some of the SEC names heading to the NFL Combine. We'll do that here in just a second. Uh Here are Locked On SEC, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. All right, first, I want to remind you guys, you can get buckets with your first bet over at FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book right now. New customers Get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Again, go bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams over at FanDuel. What you want to do is you want to go to their website first. It's fanduel.com slash locked on. You want to make sure you put that uh, slash locked on. That's going to get you the special uh, that they have going on there with the 150 bucks in bonus bets on any winning $5 bet. Once you get signed up and you're good to go, download the FanDuel app. Get logged in. They got all the action there for you. Quick bets, uh, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. Uh, go check them out right now. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's how you get signed up. And again, they are FanDuel. They are the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, we continue on here on Locked On SEC. And uh, real quick, want to mention that the SEC players have started getting their invites to the annual NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis and uh, the SEC receiving 74 invites out of 321 prospects. So obviously well-represented as they typically are, but uh, the combine will take place February 26th through March 4th. So it'll be here before we know it, but a ton of uh, SEC talent headed there to Indianapolis and uh, a lot of big names going to be available on uh, display. All the coaches and scouts in uh, in attendance there in Indianapolis. Of course, you know NFL Network streams all that stuff. You can get to watch it and see. But some of the big names from the SEC that will be shining up there in Indianapolis. From quarterbacks invited to the combine, it will be uh, Joe Milton from Tennessee getting the invite. By the way, he was named uh, the Good Guy of the Week for the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy and his crew. So congrats to Joe Milton on that. Uh, Spencer Rattler, of course, from South Carolina. Devin Leary from Kentucky. And Jaden Daniels from LSU. When we were down at the Senior Bowl last week. We got to see Joe Milton and Spencer Rattler in action. And Spencer Rattler took home MVP of the of the game for the uh, Senior Bowl. So um, we'll be interested to see them. Devin Leary, we, we had maybe higher hopes for this year. Kentucky didn't see it all the way. Uh, flourish and obviously jay daniels your rating heisman trophy winner so be fun to see those guys on display some other names of guys that will be uh, making their way up to indianapolis on the running back side it'll be ray davis out of kentucky Dejon edwards from georgia jace mcclellan from alabama uh, kendall milton from georgia cody schrader leading rusher in the sec and jalen wright from tennessee gonna be fun to see those guys. And then uh, as far as pass catchers go at tight end, you got Brock Bowers expected to be a top 10 pick in this draft. Uh, Trey Knox from South Carolina also get an invite. And then wide receivers, I mean, talent galore. When you talk about Malik Nabors from LSU, you know Lad McConkey from Georgia who had a really good showing at Senior Bowl week. Xavier Leggett from uh, South Carolina. Jermaine Burton from Alabama. Lee Dietrich Griffin from uh, Mississippi State. Anaya Smith, who we had on the show two weeks ago at the Senior Bowl from a and Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, also expected to be a first-round pick, along with Malik Neighbors, uh, Ricky Parasol, who we had on the show yesterday from Florida. And Marcus Roseme jackson from Georgia. So a lot of great talent. I won't want to run through all the names, but obviously a lot of big, big names going to be heading up there to the Indianapolis Combine. And so we'll keep an eye on it and see who impresses most and, and who really improves their draft stock. You know, I've heard there have been some scenarios where – you know, Jane Daniels may not jump Caleb Williams for the number one pick, but very well could jump Drake May and be, go number two overall. Uh, I've seen you know some of the mocks that have Malik Neighbors going top five ahead of guys like Roma Dunze. It's kind of understood Marvin Harrison Junior. is going to be the first wide receiver off the board, but Malik Neighbors won't be very far behind. So, I, I love the draft. I know not everybody's into it like I am, but uh, we will certainly be talking a little bit about it from the SEC stars and see where they end up going. All right, a couple nuggets here before we get out of here. Over at Tennessee, reports coming out they could lose assistant coach Brian Gene Mary, uh, who has emerged as a top target to head to Michigan. Uh, Football Scoop reporting that the Vols linebackers coach has emerged as a top target to be Michigan's linebackers coach. He was initially hired away from Michigan by Josh Heupel two years ago, and Sharon Moore, new head coach of Michigan, he has hired uh, Wink Martindale longtime NFL defense coordinator to be his DC at Michigan. And they're trying to assemble a really good staff and they're trying to poach the Vols linebackers coach in doing so. Now last Friday it was reported Matt Zenitz at 24 seven sports had it, that the Vols were on the verge of losing running backs coach, Jerry Mack to the NFL. Uh, He has since accepted a role with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but uh, could be another assistant that they will lose on the staff there at Tennessee uh, one other note from Tennessee, uh, Barrett Salee on his new podcast was talking Heisman odds, and I, I just saw this on social media. I thought it was very interesting. He said Nico Yamaliava has a Heisman odds of plus 1,700. So pretty good odds there if you think that he's going to look good, look the part, and deliver there for Tennessee. Now maybe you know this is a bet for down the road, another year or two, as a established starter there at Tennessee, maybe he is a legit Heisman contender down the road, but you know, this could be one of those years where nobody else kind of emerges and Tennessee has a really good year, maybe goes 10 and two, maybe beats Georgia, maybe wins the, you know, well, there's no East, but, you know, gets one of the top two spots in the sec uh, probably what it would take. Although you look at LSU this year and they didn't play for an sec title and Jaden Daniels was the Heisman winner. So just an interesting one there. I thought at plus at 1700, pretty good strong odds there and one more nugget here on the sec hoops side uh ticket books for the sec women's basketball tournament have officially sold out that's coming from the sec office uh scheduled for march 6th through the 10th in greenville south carolina this will be the seventh trip to greenville for the sec women's basketball tournament but uh general admission ticket books still available for 99 bucks but the uh the reserve seating uh books have been sold out according to the SEC. So really cool stuff there. All right. Thank you guys for making us uh, Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to everydayers. Come on back tomorrow on the show. Check us out. And for your second listen, go check out uh, Locked On has launched their first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day there are local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.